right, so here we are, folks. Um, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what this is. To be honest, when uh, we put this out about a week or so ago that we were going to start this, uh, I'm not sure what's worse, if nobody responded or the fact that several people responded and kind of want to know uh, what, what it's about and are actually going to listen. Um, Chris, what do you think? What, what, what are we going to do? Man, we're doing a, a podcast about hooks, right? We're going we're gonna to be... Um, mainly I, about hook sports. But how many episodes is that going to be? Man, <laughs> uh, I, I guess we'll see what the response is, right? But, right. But, um, yeah, so it's going to be about hook sports mostly. We're going to talk about some hooks news, uh, keep people informed, uh, try to have a little fun, interview some people, um, community members, um, coaches, things like that. And um, we're just going to have a good time. We're going to outline, you know, sport – uh, weekly sports that's going on um, the day of and, and, and prior to the podcast uh, the week of and um, that, that that's the gist well, and, of it and we want to grow you know uh, we're going to start out right now where it's just a podcast you know just this as far as uh, just audio uh, but we've got plans we want to grow uh, uh, we're even thinking potentially Facebook live but but I, I live scares me because um, I just don't know what might happen and uh, you know uh, like right now, I mean, you know, recording this, I can stop and we can make it sound, you know, somewhat smart. But live, man, we're just who we are, and I, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but we have plans. We do want to uh, grow it. Um, I'm looking forward to the idea of different people that maybe we don't, um, we don't see all the time. We don't get to talk to them on a certain level. Uh, so checking in with them, finding out, you know, what's going on around town, uh, what's going on in school, um, just those those kinds of things. Um, looking forward to uh just having fun basically you know we uh we did the tunnel crew from what about 2012 to 2021 and i know you were quick to point out that i didn't do it for every year because i was uh, uh what was it Those exile the, yeah you the, exiled and ruined my life i was in exile for a few years uh but you did the tunnel crew for let's say 10 years so so uh, what we're going to call it uh, we already had a name change i don't know if that means we're in trouble because we haven't even got started and we've changed things but we're going to be the, 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 the tunnel crew has-beens is how you're going to look this thing up. And the reason is, is because basically I wasn't smart enough to keep up with the fact, was it Hook's former tunnel crew members or was it former Hook's tunnel crew? And I just, every time, just couldn't say it right. So I, we came up with something that was a little bit better for me. Yeah, but for uh, those that don't know, we, we did run the tunnel. We we, we kept, ran it like nobody like else. We were back to back to back to back to back state champions. Yeah. I mean, every time the tunnel was put up at a football game and uh, for the Hooks Hornets, it was up long before any other tunnel was up. And, and so we, we take pride in, in being, you know, state champion uh, tunnel crew. And you know we have we've gotten older and it's a little harder for us now. So we we we, we had to pass that on. And, and I think the I think they've got a, a good crew um, uh, toting that thing around now. I think I've seen uh, Mr. Willis and uh, uh, Mr. Malden. I think uh, had that tunnel in in uh, Chisholm. So uh, that that torch has been passed on and. and and we allow them to those guys to become state champions. You talk about it getting, you know, a little harder to do. I was telling Marcy Freeman literally last night at the at the JV game that um, it was like one day it was fine, and the next day it was like, man, this thing weighs at least a hundred more pounds, uh, and it was just it. I mean, just I think we got too old to to really do it. Um, but I will say this: I don't think there will ever be anybody 
in the history of, of Hook's Tunnel Crew lore that will ever compare to that. And I don't know if that means we were that good or we had that little to do in life. I don't know whichever yeah, that we, is. Our um, lives are pretty um, boring, and and so we so we want to welcome you into that and be a part of that. <laughs> so yeah, so hey, so we're gonna take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back in just a. A few short seconds, and, and we'll have uh, Mr. Tony McGee, uh, the owner of Acadiana Joe's, which is where we're we're doing this podcast, and, and we're going to uh, interview him and uh, just uh, let him kind of tell us about his business. And we'll see y'all in a couple seconds. All right, uh, want to welcome everybody back. We're here with uh, Mr. Tony McGee. Tony is the owner of uh, Acadiana Joe's. And man, they are so good. They're letting us do this podcast every Friday morning from their restaurant. We get to get in here about an hour before opening time um, and just just do this. The idea was we wanted to be here in Hooks, not at my house or Chris's house, uh, but here at, at you know, downtown Hooks. And uh, Tony, we just appreciate you coming in and letting us uh, letting us do this, first of all. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> You're very welcome. So hey, I got just a couple of questions for you. Um, could you describe the restaurant for us as far as what, what type of restaurant, type of food, um, and, and, and what do you, what, what's the hours of operation? How, when are y'all open? Well, first of all, the hours of operation are Sunday through Friday. We're open from 11 to 2, and on Friday, we're open to 11 to 3. Uh, you know, we're here really to, our focus is on lunch, and what we're trying to bring to Hooks in this area is something that's a little bit different. The Acadiana is kind of that southern region, central southern region of uh, Louisiana where the food is cooked a little different, a little spice, a little flair to it. And uh, the Joe's is kind of French for a fun place. And our thought was if we could bring some different food to the area so we didn't have that same, you know, the same thing every day. Give you, give you a choice, yeah. but also <clears throat> create, a, create an atmosphere where it was fun. And we try to make it fun for everybody. and. Uh, we really enjoy seeing a lot of the same people coming in. Just a lot of people will come in the same every day. They'll eat here. This is kind of their main, yeah. that one main meal that they're capturing. But seeing those same faces, and we get a lot of feedback from, from our customers. We really listen to them. One of the, uh, the things that I really like cooking is the gumbo. Our chicken and sausage gumbo and our seafood gumbo. Um, seem to go over really well. I, I find myself making that a lot and I enjoy doing it. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was taught how to cook uh, by some of my friends down in South Louisiana. Uh, they showed me a few different tricks that I've incorporated into my cooking style and uh, it seems to work out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, they'll come up here and eat and then brag on it. And if, if that's happening, I Absolutely. think you're doing yeah. something you're doing right. Things, right. I can't take the credit for it again because they're the ones that told me how to yeah. do it. But, you know, originally I was uh, from Liberty Isle, and uh, of course that's my, my natural handicap, you know, yeah. one up in Liberty Isle. Hey, that's all right. I, I, love, I love Ellie. It's okay. Uh, class of 77, so. It's a good year. There you go. Uh, that, was but, a, that was a one-room school then, right? Well, you know what? I actually do remember the old white school building where it was on uh, Buckhannon Road, uh, yeah. the, and it was actually Liberty. And I remember Ilo being the rock school out there, right. and they combined them. And, oh, okay. and yeah, but I, I was that's when I came here. Back in the day. But well, you, you talk about having fun here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we started last year, I think, basically coming every Friday, you know, just to have lunch. And and 
I mean, we, we have a blast every time we're here. So, so I know that, that that was the one of the first things we thought of was, is there a place we could do this? Um, and then we thought, well, hey, we have a great time here. Uh, and we love, you know, coming. I've never had anything bad. Chris actually gets things that are not even on the menu. I don't know how that happens. Well, you, but you, you got to become a, a boss level uh, <laughs> customer, right? So, then, so then, then the secret menus opened up. Well, what Chris has learned to do is to keep pushing. Yes. And when the kitchen girls tell you no, you just keep pushing. Well, I mean, and literally. Then they're, then they're going to cave in and they're going to do it. They're going to make what you ask. I mean, he has things, you know, people walk by and, and ask him. What is that? And well, it's not on the menu, but it's it's for Chris. So, um, <laughs> well, but, um, we enjoy seeing Chris here. We enjoy seeing all the guys here. Yeah, we have a great time. What um, what made you choose hooks? Well, you know, we started off in Texarkana. We were servicing SRT Trucking Company, mm -hmm. and I actually came over here to buy an ice machine from a company that was already here uh, that had closed up. And I met Gary Wright. I'd heard of him for years and years and uh, seen him a time or two. But yeah. Gary and I had a long conversation. And I asked him, I said, what are you going to do with this building now? And he said, I'm not sure. And I got to looking at it, and I thought, you know what? I could move my operation over here. And uh, it's pretty well set up with the kitchen. And we had just the one uh, bay area there. And that worked out <clears throat> pretty good. And I thought we were just going to cook here and send it out. Right. And we had several routes where we did the to-go food. And then uh, after just a short period of time, I had to rent the other space next to it. Mm. We put a doorway, and it's grown to this. Yeah. And there are days where it looks like we're going to need more space. Wow. But uh, Hooks is a uh, it's just that down-home community. Everybody knows everybody. And literally, <laughs> you're only right around the corner from anybody. Right. And right we're all, we all live on the wrong side of the tracks, right? The that's whole right. town is on the that's wrong right. side of the tracks. That's right. We're all on the north side of the tracks, which is the wrong side. Yeah, the government but, took the rest of it. So. Yeah, well, the government's on the other side. Yes. So what does that tell yes. you? Yes, But uh, anyhow, it, it turned out once we opened it up uh, that the people here were just down-home people. Uh, and they showed a lot of appreciation for the food that we cook. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they worked with us really well. They've given us ideas. And as we've changed our menu up some and, and our hours, and uh, it's just worked out good. But I'm, I'm very glad, very glad that I ended up here in Hooks. One of the, one of the things, uh, for 42 years, I was in the automotive industry. Yeah. And for 15 of it, I lived out in Cincinnati, Ohio. But I was a national sales trainer, and I traveled all over the country. And being in a city, one of your major cities, you know, anywhere from Minneapolis, Chicago, St. Louis, Atlanta, I would be there for six weeks, which required eating out three times a day. Mm -hmm. And the different foods uh, that, I, that I was able to, you know, try out. And uh, I kind of thought, you know, one day you're going to have a restaurant and you're going to select these good, the good items. Yeah. And that's what you're going to serve. You're going to make it to where people don't have that drab, same thing. Not that that's bad food, but it's just like my mom's cooking. Right. It was great, and I've ate it all my life. But I wanted something different, yeah. you know. And I guess that's why there's a Burger King and a McDonald's. So you had choices when it came to that. And uh, I said, when I if I opened up a restaurant, I was going to give people choices of yeah. something that they haven't had or can't find anywhere else. Something different to their region. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. and and kind of taking that 
Acadiana style food and blending it with this East Texas, I'm gonna say, in the nicest way, redneck <laughs> way of cooking, uh, it's turned into what it is. Yeah. And it's been very successful. The, the city here has really, really, this community has been very, very supportive. You know, <clears throat> you know you're doing something right. I was sitting at the house this morning fixing to come here and one of the local guys here, and I was driving over from Texarkana called me and said my car's in the shop over here in Texarkana and I'm stranded can I get a ride with you back to Hooks wow. and uh, David Cross great guy we we rode back over here and we just kind of talked about this community yeah. and uh, you know I, I wouldn't trade it for anything I, I wouldn't want to be and I, I, I kind of think if we were in the Texarkana area we would. I feel like we would do good but I don't think we would have that touch with the customer that right. we have that we've got in this community maybe kind of just another restaurant i mean a good one but you know what i mean yeah. easy to get lost in in, in you know there's a lot going on there 100 yeah. percent. and over here uh actually the other restaurants here in town uh, we're friends people yeah. say well that's your competition no that we cook different uh we share ideas uh, i've had actually i've told myra uh, because i i come from texarkana in the mornings I've told her, if you need something picked up on the way over here, you call me, I'll be happy to get it for you. And I've done that for, and I know she'd do it for me. Yeah, that's but, good uh, stuff. Yeah, we, we do. Uh, I appreciate the other people here in town. Uh, you know, I, I, I see what they're doing, and I'd help them any way I could. Well, that's, I mean, that's one of the things that, that um, I know, I know we, Chris and I believe that, because we're from here, you know, we're, this is literally all we've known. I mean, I grew up. You know right across the street by the bank parking lot i mean that, that was my house growing up uh, wow. on main street um you know but i don't know who's going to be listening to this thing but the fact is is that that this community for all the things that maybe it doesn't have you know we don't have all kinds of big fancy stuff but we do uh we take care of each other i mean and, and we do you know we joke about the wrong side of the tracks thing but but we do kind of view it as a sometimes it's us versus the world you know uh uh, but that's in a good way and I, 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 our goal is that anybody who wants to be here you know and that buys in and says hey I want to be there I'm proud to be there that's who we want you know, whether it's restaurant or whether it's just a community member um, people that just want to be here is, is what we're looking for um, let me get one more thing and I want to, Chris has a couple things he wants to ask you you talked a little bit about your past but how did you get into the food industry you said you knew you were going to have a restaurant but how did you actually get into it? Because it's one of the toughest things to get into and to be successful, right? It was very crazy, and I'm glad you asked that. I started off cooking crawfish, hmm. and uh, I'm in a in a bike club. Which I like crawfish, by the way. You know, I, I think everybody does <laughs> like crawfish in, in one way or another. But uh, you know, I was uh, I've been in a bike club for years, and uh, I would cook for them. You know, we would cook for big events, Fourth mm -hmm. of July, and things like that. And I put together a good trailer, <clears throat> and I had the ability to cook crawfish, fish, uh, you know, shrimp, you know, you know just, uh, you know, those things. And I even uh, did some of the events um, in Texarkana, and I, I enjoyed it and I liked it, but we started putting meals together. One of the craziest things, I had that trailer parked in my backyard. And early in the morning, I would go out and I would start cooking. I would cook meals, and I would put anywhere from 30 to 75 meals together. And my daughter and my daughter-in-law would take those meals to the car dealerships mm. 
and some of the businesses around town, the shops, tire shops and things like that, and they would serve a hot lunch, you know, for a, a good fee, and people enjoyed it. They got where they looked for them every day. But I would cook that, and then I would go home, get a, go in and get a shower, and then head to work. And after a while, <clears throat> it got so that that business grew so well that my work was that. Yeah. And uh, I secured a deal with uh, SRT Trucking Company, and uh, we catered for them. Uh, started out three days a week, and it went to five days a week, and uh, grew. And that's when I met Gary and came over here yeah. and use, you know, using this kitchen. Uh, so your side hustle took over. My side hustle <laughs> took over, and I'm going to tell you, I hear this so much. I talk to people that that have retired uh, from a job that they really didn't care about for years. And once they retired, they started a hobby mm -hmm. and really got into that hobby, and that hobby became so much more successful than that job that they had had for years that had they done that hobby mm -hmm. and, 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 gave, and committed to it, uh, they would have been they would have got so much more out of life and more fun they waited too late and I told myself I was not going to wait till it was too late or my health got too bad and sit on the porch and wonder what it would have been right. like and uh, so I took that step uh, when we had the commercial kitchen in uh, Texarkana I kept thinking you know what would it be like to to have the restaurant and serve people daily and I've got to tell you, coming over here and doing it, I had some fear and some concern, and it's exceeded my expectations when it comes to the financial side of it. But I got to tell you, the warmth and reception that we've got here in Hooks mm -hmm. far exceeded my expectations. And uh, being in the automotive industry, I was a salesman, a sales manager, a general manager, and I was even a GM dealer. Mm -hmm. Uh, from 91 to 96 a lot of people <clears throat> might not understand this and this word is not a bad word but it's Oldsmobile I used to be an Oldsmobile dealer now yeah. if you talk to the kids today they've never seen an Oldsmobile they don't know what it is well they're missing out <laughs> well I yeah. tell them to go look in your grandpa's garage yeah. you know there's there, there, yeah. there might have been one a there. rocket 88 there you go yeah. Yeah. and uh, but anyhow uh, throughout all my years in the automotive industry I never got the satisfaction that I get mm -hmm. while serving people here and interacting with these people here. Yeah. And I guess, you know, when it's time to eat, it's, uh, you know, that's something you enjoy doing. And I'm, I like being a part of that and uh, that part of this community. Well, we appreciate you being here. Chris, you got some stuff you want to you ask? Yeah, so, I mean, you, you touched on a couple of the questions that I had, had, had planned on asking you, so I don't know that we, we need to... Uh, um, talk about those again but um so is there do you got one story funny story that that's happened here in this restaurant that you can think about that um that since you've been here you got a story you got um maybe a funny story with customer or uh you know employees or anything customer named chris yeah yeah well <laughs> you know uh, I, I could say you know and try to point out one but i've got to say this chris the uh Every day that I'm here reaches that. Yeah. Every day. I could walk out of here every day and say that was fun. Mm -hmm. That was, I enjoyed that. I was fun. And to say that one uh, kind of uh, exceeded all the others, I think they're all important. 
I think the slowest day that I've had here talking to people, you know, and interacting with them, cooking mm-hmm. for them, that's been, you know, as fun as anything yeah. that I've done here. It all does. And as far as to pull out that one story, uh, I hate to incriminate anybody or anything, so I'm going to hold on to it. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you know, you're in uh, public service, yeah. and, uh, you know, that, that, that makes sense. Um, if you spent any more time out of the kitchen around out here, um, there's no telling what uh, you're probably safer back there, you know, not having to uh, to, to be around so much, uh, especially the characters that we know. Um, he tells me stories all the time about him and guys that come from the depot. Uh, and I don't I'm surprised y'all are allowed in here still. Sometimes. You know, you would think so that I would be safer back there. But my daughter runs that kitchen. And uh, I yeah. feel like sometimes I'm safer out here. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah, I could imagine working for Bethany. <laughs> so you, uh, you're, you're constantly, I know you're constantly tweaking and changing your uh, menu and stuff like that. Is there anything big, any big changes or anything big coming to Acadiana Joe's in the, in the near future? Are you trying to get on the, the, the I know, I know whatever's not on the menu right now? Well, I know to get, where you know, he's going. Not even menu items. He's already just, men- <laughs> he mentioned it earlier. I know right where he's going. Yeah. Okay. That season's right around the corner. His question is this. Are you going to be doing crawfish this year? That's the question. And the answer is yes. I am doing Sounds crawfish this great. year. I knew he was fishing for that. <laughs> but uh, yes, and another thing is that we're open Sundays now. We're yes. doing the... Yes, We're doing definitely. actually from the ten thirty to two. So you've Sunday done lunch. that what three weeks or two done, weeks? Three, we've done it three weeks so far, and it's been a great success. It far exceeded what I thought it would would do, and yeah. we've got a lot of a lot of people here. Well, I mean, I think um, you know I can remember as a kid there being a few restaurants that, that were here, you know, um, on Sundays, but it doesn't seem like that that's a thing, you know. Now, and I get you know, I mean, I I t- definitely get it as far as the smaller town. So I think. I think it's a no-brainer, you know, that uh, people would want to come uh, after church and, and come eat here. You know, and another thing too, Chris, I'm, I'm, we're putting in the, a freezer now. They're putting in another freezer in here. So we're going to have meals to go. Mm. And what we're going to do is we're going to take our special items such, such as uh, the chickens, chicken spaghettis, the meatloaves, uh, the things of that nature. We're going to put them, gumbos, to where you can get a, for a family of four or six or eight oh, yeah. and you could get those to go and take them and cook them at home yeah. and what i'm seeing is a lot of people and my family does too we just kind of when you get home you really don't have that time to cook a full meal for the family yeah. so we've we've started leaning towards the fast food or or get it and go and uh so we're gonna we're gonna work on that so that uh, the local people can come by and grab something to take home to heat and you know, all the work's already done for them, and you still get that. Good deal. I mean, it's not fast food as far as, no. it's, you know, it's definitely, it's it's made, I mean, you just it's, home it cooked it's just something you can warm up quickly at home. Correct. Yeah, that, that's, Correct. That's, that's a big difference there. Yeah. So we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, Tony, we, we appreciate you allowing us to do this, and we appreciate the interview, and, and, and obviously I'm a, I'm a big uh a big advocate for Acadiana Joe's because I eat here three or four times a week, most of the time four times a week. Um, there's one day of the week that we go somewhere else uh, for lunch um, when when I'm at work. Um, but I appreciate you. We, we're glad you're here in the community, and we look forward uh, to your business growing and, and, and us being able to eat great food Being a food part here. of that growth. Yeah, and, <laughs> and remember, to if, if you want to be – 
a boss level, you got to come more than once a week, and and then you can get on the you can get the secret menu items. Hey, yeah, just don't back down when you tell Lori what you want. And don't take that no, that first no. Keep pushing. Chris, so, Chris will show you how. And we have, and he has a a, a daily special, and he has a full menu. So mm -hmm. uh, you can you can find something you like here. Yes, the, each day we have a different daily special, and like you said, the full menu. Anytime we're open, that full menu is available. If, if we run out of something on that special, please forgive us a little bit because some of these boys are healthy That's eaters. Part of it. And, uh, yeah, we try to take care of them. You, you, you will not leave here hungry. Absolutely. All right, so y'all y'all come on down to Joe's today. Uh, they open at eleven. Uh, open until three today. 11, yes. eleven to three today on Friday. Y'all come on down and, and and get you some fish or some shrimp or some po' boys, and uh, we'll see y'all there. Thank you. All right, and uh, hey, we're back again. We want to thank Tony and his staff for, for letting us be here at Acadia and Joe's. Uh, I'm excited about doing this every week here. Uh, also, Tony, we appreciate you uh, coming and, and just uh, sharing with us some of your history and, and just kind of how, how you got to hooks and how things worked out. Um, I think we're going to talk about a few, uh, what, some sports from this week, uh, earlier this week and, and last night. What about volleyball on Tuesday? So on Tuesday, the, the girls' uh, varsity, they, they did lose to Pewitt, but they, they had some highlights. Uh, We'll, we'll talk about that. Morgan Creer, she had like 24 kills, a few blocks and some aces. And then Addie Hale had 25 assists. Uh, Allie Winterford had 15 assists. Uh, Kinsley Birdwell ended with 21 digs, 10 kills, a block and an ace. Annabeth Black, she had seven kills, two blocks. And Maddie Campbell back at the libero position, she had 11 digs. So so there were some highlights, and, and they play tonight, um, 4.30, mm -hmm. uh, senior night tonight. So pack the house for them tonight. Um, I think playoff positioning is on the line. Um, but we, we just want to win the game no matter, you know, no matter what. So y'all go cheer them on. So what happened uh, last night? We went to Redwater, and uh, I know we went 3-0. and um, what seventh grade do? I know they won, but what was the was it twenty to twelve? Yeah, seventh grade they won the game twenty to twelve. Luke Basinger he had a long pick six to to start the scoring, and then um, um, Haynes, the running back, he he had a a, a long touchdown. Um, and in the eighth grade game, uh, the, that final score was thirty six to eight. I mean they had a lot of um, they had a lot of highlights. Kayvon Stigger had a forty something yard touchdown run. Um, Bentley Powell scored a two-point conversion twice. Um, Bentley Powell had a long, long touchdown run too. Yeah, Bentley had that sixty-something yard uh, kickoff return. They tried, I think, a little short onside kick, and and he caught them. He surprised them by fielding it and taking off. So that was a big, big play. And Kayvon Stinger had another fifty-five yard touchdown run. Um, they, they, they pretty much dominated. Um, Gaston, KJ Gaston, he had some long runs and a lot of long receptions. Um, the JV game, and that, that final score for the eighth grade was 36-8. In the JV game, we recovered a, a muffed punt. Or not, not, uh, I don't know what you call that, right? So he, well, he tried you, to punt it and missed. I was say, when you miss the punt. Yeah, yeah. He, he was kicking out of his own end zone and tried to punt. And there was a few hornets down on that play and recovered that fumble in the end zone. Couldn't really tell who it was. The JV game was crazy, man, because it started with Redwater scoring first, except we intercepted the ball. 
except um, the, ref didn't the see official was way. about yeah. 20 yards you know, away and called it a touchdown. And actually on the, uh, the, the muff punt that we recovered, the first thing they wanted to call was the safety. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting game. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, the, our JV team, man, they're, they're salty. Uh, and, and Redwater was too. It was, it was a hard-fought game. But, uh, um, in my opinion, it wasn't as close as it really should have been. You know? Well, Redwater was big up front on both sides of the ball, and, and their defensive line was in our backfield yes. a lot. We, we, we had trouble running the ball, but we didn't, we didn't have trouble passing the ball. Um, what well, I'm just talking about the fact that, you know, half of their points really didn't, you know, I mean, we picked the ball off. Yeah, so, I mean, for sure. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely, I believe, it was definitely an interception. So, Jasper Crane, he threw like a 60-something yard touchdown to, to Rod Bailey. That was a big play in the game. Um, and we, we just grinded that game out for a win. Um, that final score was 21-12, the Hornets. So, we swept all three games last night. And, and we're going to win tonight. Tonight's a big night. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, this last three-game stretch, you know, is is big as far as playoffs and playoff seating. But um, man, tonight's a big night just because it's Redwater. I mean, that, that's a big deal. We don't, you know, we don't play Pleasant Grove anymore. You know, in the '90s, that was a huge deal for all of us. Um, now, probably this is our our big rivalry. I would think, uh, um, and it's it's a big deal. I mean, I, I know we're picked to win, but but it's uh, it's not going to be easy. Um, but I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what Trip does, what what uh, Key does out there, uh, what Carter and and, and uh, Boogie have have in store as far as uh, uh, you know catching the ball and, and running. Uh, it's going to be at seven o'clock. Yeah, kickoff is at seven. Remember, not seven thirty for district games. We're we're at seven o'clock. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, I'm going to say conservatively. I think we win by twenty. What do you think? Yeah, twenty twenty or more. I mean. I, I'm I'm not conservative <laughs> when I pr- make predictions. Athletically, right? you're not conservative. That, that's it. Yeah. Right? yeah. I'm, athletically, I'm not conservative, so I <laughs> tend to think we're going to win by 30. But I think that every week, right? Right. Right. Um, so, guys, don't forget uh, volleyball at 4:30, and then uh, seven o'clock. Um, both games against Redwater. We'll win both of them. So let's take a quick break, and then we're going to be back with uh, Coach Birdwell. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, a longtime friend of ours, and just uh, excited to to hear what he's got to say, and and just uh, just to just to see what's been going on. So we'll, we'll be right back. Uh, coach Burwell, so your your dad was a a baseball coach for a baseball, football, probably basketball youth Everything. coach. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty much your whole life, and and he coached me, and and he was a big influence on my life. Um, how do you how do you feel? What do you feel that that you took away uh, from your dad's coaching style that that helps you? Um, he's a big influence on why I do what I'm doing. Um, he always talked about he he wished he had finished his degree and and wished he was a coach, and and that was kind of his passion in life. You know, a lot of times none of us get to do what we what we love to do for for our living uh, and he didn't necessarily get to do that but he did it non-stop with the kids that that he coached in little league and whether it be football baseball or basketball and, and even after me and philip were no longer playing he was still coaching we were in college and he was helping other guys but main thing from him uh, because you know he, he he didn't have the technology and all the stuff we have today to learn about the newfangled 
stuff going on in sports and the, the new ways, the new techniques. So I'm not going to say that he was the greatest fundamental coach and all that stuff, but he loved kids, and that was probably the main thing I took away from him is how much he cared for kids. Uh, he had a lot of faults uh, in life, as, as we all do, but the way he loved kids and took care of kids and, and kids that didn't didn't have that family structure and support like like we did at home, he, he made them feel that way at, at ball practice at least once a day. Yeah anyway you know so probably the main thing is just his love for the kids and his love for the community and and that that's one of the big reasons I'm a coach today because he always talked about that and then the coaches that I coached that coached me growing up uh, were also a big influence still talk to most of those guys today Uh, but there's a lot of people that impact you in different ways and, and he was definitely one of my biggest impacts for sure yeah he uh he was he was very influential in my life as well. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the team. So what what is a, a, a characteristic uh, something that that you like about this team that 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 you're coaching this year that maybe may maybe different from teams in the past? I tell you, I like the. I don't know the best way to put it, but but there's a lot of different personalities, uh, different different grades, different type of kid. Um, they're just very, you know, it's kind of almost like a, a melting pot team. You diverse, know, diverse. Very diverse, very different, a bunch of different groups but that have become one group. And it's great to see, you know, when people come together. We've got a couple of freshmen. We've got seven or eight sophomores. Uh, and then you've got about eight sophomores, about eight juniors, about eight seniors. So they all come from being and playing together. Uh, you know, and being in certain groups and now all coming together and just the way they've meshed together has been has been pretty fun to see. And So last question I got for you, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to, to David to let him ask some questions. Um, so was being the athletic director at Hooks like a, a goal of yours that when you were, you know, coaching um, your younger age or, or, what, or did that just happen or, or you know, did it just happen because of circumstance, or was that something that that you made a goal and and that and 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 that you achieved that goal? I'm a, and you can ask my personal kids, Kendall and Rip, and, and then you can ask the players too. I'm a goal-oriented person. I like goals. I think goals are are big. I think if you have something that you can physically see, that you know, and you look at, uh, and you put it somewhere that you have to look at it then you have to hold yourself accountable for it. If you're not seeing if you're looking at it and you're reading it and you're seeing it all the time, whether you got it in a personal place that you know you'll look, uh, your your glove box, you know, or something like that, or mm-hmm. or if you got it hanging up on your door or your mirror when you're getting ready. If you're looking at a personal goal every day and you're not striving to reach that goal, then that's on you. But when you see it, you tend to hold yourself more accountable for it. So when I when I started in this profession, I had several goals, and I can still tell you what they are. And I, I still have the card, and that came from that. That actually came from Coach Goodhart, my baseball coach in college. He was big on those things, and then I just kind of carried it over into life. And, and I and I talked to my kids about it, and I talked to the players about it. But my first goal was to be at the high school. I was 22 when I started. I wanted to be at the high school by the time I was 25. I wanted to be a coordinator 
offensive or defensive coordinator by the time I was 30, and then I wanted to be an athletic director by the time I was 35. So that was kind of my goals. Um, I didn't put Hooks AD on there, for say, but everything that I did was to do that. Uh, that was kind of my end-all, be-all job. I don't know that I'll ever take an AD job anywhere else. You know, if if this runs out or it's time for me to move on or it's time for Hooks to move on or whatever it may be, I doubt that I go take another AD job. You know, whether it's me retiring or me accepting another job in the district or, or me just saying, hey, I've had enough, you know, it, I doubt it'll be for another athletic director's job. And I, I, won't, I won't ever say never, but you know, you know how that can be. You say that and then you look silly, but I don't plan on taking another job anywhere. So I, you know, I started off at Hooks, had a, had a few other offers, uh, and then and had been here. And here's the thing, I was coaching for the same guys that I played for, great coaches, great guys. But it got to a point that I knew what they knew, per se. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to go learn a little more and, and know what other people were doing. Uh, not that what we were doing was wrong or bad. Or I mean, they won a lot of games with, with Coach Rass as the defense coordinator in the 90s and Coach Wells as the OC. Uh, you, you know, you can't take that away from anybody. But I just wanted to, to learn some more. And I really thought me going over there in my head, whether I said it to anybody, would help me get the job over here. Yeah. So it, it was in my own thinking, in my own head, it was all aimed at the at, at the hooks position. Uh, that's where I wanted to be. That's where I wanted my kids to be. So I went over there and learned learned a lot under a lot of great coaches. I think at the time, at the time I was at Texas High, that was probably, arguably the best coaching staff in the state of Texas. Yeah. You know, there's probably eight or nine guys that have that so were there at that time. That, that coaching are, tree is probably yeah, pretty big. That are coordinators or head yeah. coaches that have won multiple state championships and district championships. Yeah. And and if you sit down and look at it, it's really pretty impressive. Uh, even some of them that were there for a year or two, like Mark Humble, who's the head coach at Lone Star, he took that that school to 5A or 6A in the Dallas area, and they were very mediocre. And within a year or two, he's got them third and fourth round of the playoffs. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, obviously Coach Surratt comes to everybody's mind in Carthage, but, uh, you know, McClure in Atlanta and, and Fant went to several different places, Landon and New Boston, and there, it's just so many of them. You know, we've got one that's the defense coordinator at Gilmer right now that was there at that time, and, and there's a defense coordinator at Carthage. There's a bunch of them. But anyway, I just wanted to go there and learn, uh, and I did, and it helped me. I don't want to go back, but I wouldn't take that time back. Right. You know what I'm saying? That right. was probably the most influential time in my coaching career ever, and I, and I was still fairly young. Uh, so when I came back, uh, you know, it was when Coach Coach Rice was stepping out and yeah. Coach Janice took the job. And me and Coach Janice talked, and he offered me the defense coordinator's job, and I felt like at that point taking that defense coordinator's job would definitely – lead to a chance for yep. the athletic yep. director's job. So how old so, were you when you got the athletic director? Well, 
everything was pretty close and not exact. I moved up to the high school at Hooks. I had spent two years at the junior high, but actually the second year, we did split SAF. So I was actually a high school coach the second year, which is actually a, a year ahead of schedule. Um, I was 30. I was a little behind on the defensive coordinator's job, but the way I told myself in my mind is I was position coach at Texas High. At that time, if you know anything about this area and, and long time in football, being a, a position coach at Texas High on the varsity level was probably equivalent to any defensive coordinator's yeah. job in the area because it was they were just that good and, yeah. and that, you know, that big of a program at the time. And they still are. They still do a great job, don't get me wrong. I'm just talking about my personal experience, so. They were, they were high, very good. So I was, I think I was 32 when I actually took the defense coordinator's job. So I was about two years behind on that. I was a year ahead on the, uh, on the, the high school position job, and then two years behind on the defense coordinator's job, and then I took the athletic director's job. I, it was pretty close to 35 because I'm 43 now, and this is about my eighth year. So yeah. it was almost. You know, I was 35 or 36 when I took the AD job, so I was about right on on that part. So, uh, and then I think that just goes to, you know, some of it's just happening. You know, Coach Coach Janice had a good year his mm -hmm. last year. He didn't have to leave. <clears throat> yeah. He just decided he was ready to do something different, you know, yeah. and sometimes that happens. So a little bit of that's luck of the draw. And, and a little bit of that was good luck for me because we had a dang good group coming back, you know, so it gave me a good group to start off with my first year or two. Uh, and Coach Denise could have won the same games with those guys probably. But, you know, we had a district championship my first year, and it was the first one in, I think, 12 years. Yeah. Uh, and then two years or the next year we won playoff game, which was the first time since I think it was – 15 years on the district championship and it was 10 or 12 years on the on the playoff game so and that was the group that i kind of inherited uh i can put that under my name and with those groups but you know there, any, most coaches could have done the same stuff with them it wasn't me it was it was well, those the other kids. the other playoff team was that 06 06 was you here then or yes i was here that was my my last year at hooks on my first go through was 06 07 year so at Hooks, we went 10 and 3 that in 06 with Coach Hyatt's group. Uh, and then we played in the state championship in baseball. I was going to say, you're a pretty good baseball coach, too. That was, my, that was the last baseball game I've coached in high school. You know, I've coached mm -hmm. a thousand other games. Mm -hmm. and, and I say that, I shouldn't say I'm wrong on that because I've helped as the athletic director a few times. I've stepped in and helped Coach Hyatt and Coach Ruth and those guys. So yeah. it was the first time I, I had a full, last time I had a full season. I yeah. should probably say, and we played in the state championship game and went 10-3 and three in football, uh, and then that's when I went to Texas High. I was actually working at Texas High already, and I was still coaching baseball because I told Coach Norton over there when I took the job, we were doing spring football. So I'm practicing baseball at Hooks with those guys. Luckily, we had, out of 12 guys, 11 of them were seniors. We had one guy, I think it was Brady Ridge, that was a little younger. Brady didn't play football. So he let Coach Rice let Brady go with us in baseball. So we, we got him during the period. So we started at about 2.45. And, you know, when you got that many seniors, by 4.45 or so, 4.30, we were done. And I was heading over to Texas High for spring football. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that was a rough 
three or four weeks. And then on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're traveling for baseball. Uh, then I'm going over there on Sundays and meeting about football. But I wanted to finish that journey out with them. That was a special group to me. I, I mean, I can still tell you about all the kids in that group from Gerald Gooden and Cortez Smith and Junior Willis and B.J. Willis and uh, several Willises in that group and Coach Hyatt. And Brandon Schoke. Brandon Schoke. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of them in that group. <clears throat> they were actually eighth graders when I started coaching at 22. So I, when they, they moved up, the year they moved up to the high school, which was my second year, was the year I started coaching high school. So they were actually my also my first four-year group at the high school. Now, I was still doing junior high and high school the second year, but it was my first official year as a, as a high school position coach. Yeah. So that was a special group to me, not to mention, you know, when you win a bunch of games, it's easy to remember those guys. And they, because they went three or four rounds of the playoffs. They had several guys at the, at the track meet in, in Austin. Uh, I think Cortez still holds several of our records in track. So anyway, but that was a special group. And then, so I wanted to finish that journey with them. And, and Coach Norton was kind enough to let me and understood. So I, I finished that journey with them and then jumped over to Texas High for four or five years before I came back. But as far as where we started, you know, kind of chasing some rabbits. But all, all of those goals I said hit pretty close. Yeah. Uh, like so said, it takes luck. It takes circumstance with That's jobs and stuff, but it all, but it also a lot you, of it is you doing. You, you have know. to you have to do what 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 you can control, right. and then other things you know come into play. Exactly. Well, take chances. You got to yeah. take chances to to, to yeah. you know the idea and, that it's going to pay off a few years down the road. And I, and I remember when I was leaving, and, and Coach Rice and I sat and talked for a little bit, and Coach Rice and, and I know looking back at it, some of it was him just not wanting to lose a coach and not to yank my own chain, but a, a decent young coach, which which is hard to find sometimes. We're pretty lucky right now. We got a couple with, with Coach Moore and, and Coach Tilson. They've done a heck of a job just throwing a plug in for those two guys. But uh, it's hard to find those guys. And and I know he, he probably wasn't happy about it. And, you know, hopefully he, he didn't take it personally because it definitely wasn't. But I know he probably wanted everybody to stay because it's easier that way for everybody. But uh, he, he kind of said that he he knew what my goal was in life, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that hooks was kind of my my end goal. And he said, he said, I don't know if this is the best thing for you. Well, I felt like it was because I felt like I had to break a stigma. One, as much as I love baseball, that's what I played in college. It's probably my son's best sport. It's my daughter's best sport, but there was a little stigma of a baseball coach and in East Texas when you get that you kind of you can get stuck with it and it's hard to get out of so that that was one thing I was trying to break and it's not a bad thing it just wasn't my goal yeah. you know that wasn't my goal was to be a, a head baseball coach for a long time wasn't my goal so I wanted to break that stigma a little bit and learn a little bit and he thought me staying was a better chance I didn't because I just didn't – I felt like I knew as much as I was going to learn. Uh, and, and that was probably plenty. I mean, we won a bunch of games, and they won a bunch of games. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I just I just wanted more. You know, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to see how other people did it because uh, I knew how Hooks did it. You know, mm -hmm. I knew how Coach Rice and those guys did it, and they did a great job. But, you know, there, there's there's more than one ways to skin a cat, and I just wanted to learn something of them. So. 
All right, so we're going to turn it over to David, and he's got a couple questions for you uh, before we finish this thing. A couple things we were talking about, uh, and we we really appreciate your time because I know you're busy, especially today. I mean, you know, it, it's it's a it's a busy day. Um, something we were laughing about because we see it from where we are every Friday, pretty much. How often? And it's mostly the second half. How often does Keyshawn come to you and beg to get back in the football game when uh when we're up, you know, twenty or thirty or whatever it is, and you don't want him in there to get hurt? But how often does he? Would you say he he asks to get in? Every time we go on offense, <laughs> uh, that's what I finally told him the other night because he. We love it, my, yeah. My dumb tail, I, I about considered it just for a play or two because just because I knew he hadn't had many carries. And, and and he's got he's got big goals for himself, and you want right. him to achieve those goals, but right. ultimately we got to have the, you want him healthy. we got to have the team goal. And that's what I told him. I said, Keyshawn, I said, how stupid would, would I look and we look as a coach of staff if I ran you out there and you got hurt when we were up by 40, yeah. you know, I said, we would all look pretty dumb, wouldn't we? He said, yeah, that's a good point, Coach. And at, after that, he kind of backed off a little bit. But, he, you know, the thing I love about Keyshawn uh, is he's competitive. Yeah. The one thing that if, if somebody was going to ask me about this generation and what's different now than, than 20 years ago, and this is my 21st or 22nd year doing this, so I've done it for a little bit, is competitiveness and taking responsibility for stuff. And and I don't mean that our kids. I just mean as just in general as a whole. in general. Yeah. As a as a group, yeah. as a generation, you don't see the competitiveness that you used to. I mean, kids would fight over getting shotgun or racing to touch the truck and back or or whatever, you know, just the competitiveness yeah. of the kids. But that has disappeared some and taking responsibility for what you do or your actions that's disappeared some and it's not the kids fault let me let me let me put let me say that yeah because it, it they learn what they do yeah and i think it's us as parents myself included we're not we don't push those things as much you know we're always there to step step in for our kids and take anything they did wrong and yeah. so when when they get to be young adults you know, it wasn't their fault. It was somebody else's fault. Somebody else did this. And it's always a bunch of fingers pointing different ways. And that's one of the things that we, we're trying to work hard on at Hooks. And, and it's probably better in Hooks than it is anywhere else. So so we're lucky. Uh, and and that's, that goes to the parents and and the school staff and the coaches and, and everybody involved. But if, if you step outside of our bubble, it, it, it's a lot worse. Yeah. You know, so. I agree. So I had I had Keyshawn and coaching him in basketball in fifth and sixth grade. So so I know exactly how he is. He's a he's a great dude. I wouldn't trade for that dude. Um, but when he's on the court, when he was on the court, and and I, Keyshawn comes sit down for a minute, he's like, Coach, I got to get back in there. So right. so I know it's Key, Keyshawn may be the most misunderstood kid in in Hooks history because he's a great kid. He's a fun loving kid. He's mm -hmm. always smiling. He's always happy. But he's competitive. Yeah. So Keyshawn wants to win, and Keyshawn wants to everybody to do well. But in Keyshawn's mind, and, and a lot of times he's right. Let me let me preface it by saying that Keyshawn feels the best way for the team to win is for him to have the ball <laughs> in his hands at all times. And, and most of the time he's right. Yeah, and that's know, that's great players that's in, right. at every level believe so, that. Yeah. So when he's not getting the ball, 
and that's something that we're working on and he's learning and he, and he has gotten better at, you know, his freshman, sophomore year, you'd see those old arms come up like, you know, like the old shrug and I told him, you know, I, I understand Keyshawn. I know you and love you and I'm with you every day. I know who you are. I know that you're a competitive dude that wants to, wants to play and wants to ball and just wants to win. But the perception of other people is something different because you're doing that. You know, I had a college coach watching him his sophomore year, and it was just really just they were watching our playoff game. And I said, man, that dude's a, a baller. He said, but he throws his arms up too much. I said, my coach, you just had to be around. He's a great kid. Yeah. He's competitive. He yeah. just wants to rock. He just wants to win. He's for everybody. I know what that looks like, but if you know him, you don't think much about it. If you don't know him, you might. Yeah. You know, so well, we so love. I've, I've talked to Keyshawn about those things a lot, and he's done a lot better, and he, yeah. he's done a lot better this year, you know. So, but they're all in competitive nature, and I wouldn't trade his competitiveness for any of the little things that we're talking yeah. about, you yeah. know, because his competitive competitiveness rubs off on the other kids, yeah. and it goes a long way for our team, well, you know. Well, we, like I said, we love just seeing, you know, you know, from the stands the idea. You can tell he, like I said, he's down there asking. He wants, right. he wants back in. He wants back in. And, and like Bates said, he, he's got goals, yeah. and that goes back to me talking to him yeah. about setting goals. And he wants X amount of yards. And, you know, last year, and that's what I told him, here's the difference, Keyshawn. Last year, you were it, you know, after we lost some of those receivers and stuff. Mm -hmm. You were kind of our offense. And, and I almost felt – Bad that we handed him yeah, the ball. What thirty-seven carries? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he <laughs> carried the ball in one game more than Billy Sims ever did at Hooks. He's got the school record for most carries in a game, and I'm almost embarrassed by it to be honest with you because I don't want to do that. You want him healthy, right? Yeah. And this year yeah. he's averaged under twenty touches, which is you know maybe a little low, but it's been what has helped. And he was banged up yeah. the first two or three games, so yeah. that definitely affected. He's still averaging almost seven yards to carry. But like I told him, the way you get your yards this year is well, let's play a bunch of extra games, yeah. you know, because you got another back that's dang good sitting right behind you. So when you get a little tired, we can stick him in. Uh, the quarterback is a little better runner uh, than we've had since Benji anyway. So he's got to have a few carries. But when all those guys are successful – it makes it easier on you because yeah. what everybody's doing. You don't have to have as many carries because he can right. break them long runs. What everybody started doing last year was packing the box and manning this up and just everybody running the key shot. Yeah. You know, and we probably leaned on him too much, but we felt like running the ball and stomping the ball out and, and keeping the clock running. And it's because, you know, honestly, the defense last year, and, and it was very young, and it's still pretty young, to be honest with you, but statistically, it was, you know, it was probably age-wise, it, it was one of our – it was one of the worst defenses I've been a part of. And, and that's not a knock at the kids. That's just as much on, on the coaches as it is the kids. But our defense is so much better this year that we can do stuff. You know, and it's the same kids that are so much better this year. So don't get me wrong. They just grew up a year, yeah. and they're a year older. And, uh, yeah. So it's a huge turnaround defensively. So now we don't we can go fast. We can do different things and and not worry about our defense having to go back on the field. Yeah. So it's a little bit different mindset all the way around. And last year we were, you know, it got to a point that hey, 
we're just trying to make the playoffs, and, and I don't, I don't like that. That's not the goals I've set for Hooks High School. Uh, some of that was because of injuries and other stuff out there in control, but that's what we got to, and we felt like that was the best way to do it. Unfortunately, yeah. and and I almost felt bad. I told Keyshawn, you you got X amount of carries in your body. The more you get now, the less you got later. Yeah, you know so. Yeah. Don't worry about getting too much. You're, you know, if you're fresh and you're getting it 15 times fresh, that's better than getting it 30 times tired. Right. You know, right. for health reasons and for what you put on film. You're yeah. going to have 15 good runs to the 30 average runs. Yeah. So our goal is to keep them, you know, around 18 to 20. Uh, and then as it goes on in the playoffs, he, he may have to have a 25 or 30 carry game. Yeah. You know, and, and but – we want him to be fresh when we get there. We don't want to be we don't want to be beat before we get 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 to a game because we got a bunch of tired horses. Let's at least have fresh horses and have a chance. I actually talked to one of my coaches about that, one of my head coaches about that this week. That as the season goes on, you know, and I had to learn this. At one time, I wouldn't walk off the practice field without doing gashers or sprints or something. But at a certain point, you're probably not going to get them into better shape. But you are going to start beating them down. You know, you are going to start getting them tired, and, and they're saving something for those sprints at the end of practice. So if they're saving something for those sprints, you're not getting everything you want out of practice. So as I've gotten older and learned a little bit, you're better off getting your conditioning in practice than holding over and doing some sprints after practice. So we haven't done team sprints in three or four weeks, and you're going to – when you have 25 kids, you're going to get some cramps the first few weeks, especially as hot as it is and those guys going both ways. And we we probably have a tougher two-a-days than anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would compare conditioning during that time with anybody in the state. But as we go, we start backing off. We start shortening up because we want them to stay healthy and fresh. And I won't say any names, but you see a lot of teams around here in this area that start off on fire, and then they fall as the year goes. You know what I'm saying? That's not who we want to be. We want to get better as the year as the season right. goes. And I think we've done that since I've been the athletic director. I think you can see we all most of the time we always get better as we go, unless we're losing key players. You know, yeah. obviously when you're losing key players, you're gonna not you're not gonna be as good. But if we stay healthy, I feel like we've always gotten better as the season went. Uh, and other teams, you see them fall, and I think that's because they're beating those kids down. They're not wanting to go to practice anymore. They're not having fun anymore. At some point, they get tired of it, and that's a balancing act to get done what you need to do and not make them tired of being there. So, yeah. And that's tough with young kids, especially today's generation because they're such a do-it-for-me-now type fast food type mm-hmm. generation. Mm-hmm. So. It's a balancing act, and, and there's there's ways to do it, but we're, we try to back off of them, and that's the same thing with Keyshawn. We may have to have a 30-carry game, but let's not do it until we have to. You know? He'd be happy. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no doubt. Hey, uh, I've got one more thing for you because I know you got to go. Um, but uh, you mentioned him earlier uh, about a trip running a little bit better than, than you know some in pre- previous years. The idea is that uh, we saw him as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And you could say, "Hey, man, this this kid, this kid's got something about him. This kid, you can tell he he could be pretty good." Did you think that he would be this good as a sophomore right now? Because he he's blown me away. No, without a doubt. I, 
mean, I, if anything, it it probably surprised me that it took him a week or two. Hmm. You know what I mean? Because I have that kind of expectations for him. That's not a, a knock on him. That's the expectations I have for him. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and it, what you go back and watch, and it's not really his fault those first few games because we had some. We were still working our own line, yeah. and then Jake gets hurt, and and I talked about you know what he means to the team. So we had some problems early, and he took a lot of shots. Bless his heart, and, and he's tough. He 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 mm. took them like a man, and that was. And I've told his dad this. I've told him this. My biggest worry with Trip is uh, durability. You know, just watching him in the eighth grade, ninth grade. Uh, but he's been more durable this year than, than he was the, the last two years. Mm-hmm. So he's done a great job. And, no, not one thing he's done has surprised us. Uh, we've talked about it a bunch. You know, we've got two backs, a junior and a sophomore, who have the chance to be as good of backs that's come through here in a long time. Yeah. And we've got two quarterbacks that are a sophomore and freshman that have as good a chance of being as anybody we've had in a long time at quarterback. You wish you could split them up a little bit, yeah. you know. You yeah. wish you had a junior back and a freshman back mm-hmm. and a junior or sophomore quarterback with a ninth grade or eighth grade quarterback. Uh, but it, it just is it's what a, it is. It's, we're it's not, a good thing to have that, but it's right. also a burden. Right? We're not, we're not going to grab about having them, yeah. but it, it, it's hard. You know, it's hard to get them. You know, Coulter, for anybody else in this area, has, has quite a bit more carries than he's got right now. Yeah. Uh, but the thing about Coulter is he, he's so valuable on defense and he's getting doing so much for us there that, you know, he, he's getting plenty of plenty of plays he's and plenty of reps and he's yeah. on the field and, and he's doing a great job for us. But, shoot, he's a heck of a back, you know, and he he hasn't got the ball as much as, as we'd like for him to. And, and we'll, you know, we're, we'll continue to work on that and work on getting him in there more. But, you know, when you got a guy like Keyshawn standing there as well, it's, it's, it's hard just hard, yeah. and it's, you know it's with either position. It's almost they're all good enough that the older guy just happens to win out because mm-hmm. he's the older guy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Keyshawn is the older guy, Trip is the older guy, so they just kind of have to win out. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, next year, shoot, if Coulter takes over, and Coulter takes over. If it's fifty-fifty, it's fifty-fifty, whatever it may be. They're good enough to be fifty-fifty, mm-hmm. you know, but. Uh, Coulter still have that regardless of how it works out he'll at very least have that senior year and, and be the, the feature back uh, if not before then so he, he's still going to get plenty of carries and plenty of shine uh, and we're going to continue working him in there whether it be as a third down back or just rotate rotation or whatever because we're best when they're both playing defense and they're both kind of rotating on offense and as the season goes we're going to find ways to get them both on the offense at the same time just to make people have to look at both of them, you know. Uh, that's just kind of something we've been holding in our pocket a little bit. But yeah. uh, when they're both playing good defense and getting after it defensively and rotating on offensively, that's when we'll be our best team because they're, they are two of our top defensive players as well. Yeah. So that's kind of our end goal with them, whether it, we find it as this year finishes out or as we find it through next year, but they'll rotate more and more and, and, you know, stay on the field defensively as much as possible. So that's kind of our goal with them, and that's the good thing about having two good ones. So yeah. that's kind of what we're looking at with them. 
Well, hey, Coach, we uh, we sure appreciate you taking time. Uh, like I said, I know you're busy, uh, especially on a Friday uh, Friday morning. Um, just can't thank you enough. Uh, looking forward to tonight, big game against Redwater, and uh, we just really appreciate you. And uh, um, you know, as always, anything we can do, we want to be a part of. So yeah, I appreciate you guys and appreciate the support y'all giving hooks. Uh, Put a little plug in for our girls before we sign off. Absolutely. Big volleyball game tonight. If you're not doing anything, go watch those guys at 430. Uh, they work their tail off, too. Great. Senior night. Senior night, right? Senior yep. night. Great bunch of young ladies. If they win tonight, uh, and don't hold me to this, but I'm, I'm about positive. If they win tonight, they lock in that third position Good. Uh, for the playoffs, and that third position is probably a, a big deal compared to the fourth, just on who you play. Mm -hmm. Either way, it's going to be tough, but you have a—it's not quite as tough. So they, they've struggled a little bit here the last few games. Uh, they're looking to get back going, and everything's been close. They just hadn't quite got over that right. hump. So maybe everybody coming out and cheering them on and getting them going to help them get over that hump tonight, especially as they're playing Redwater as well. We mm -hmm. never want to lose anything to those guys. Uh, Absolutely. So, so go over there at 430 and, and cheer those guys on and then come over and cheer us on. Uh, this game, I don't know. I've heard people say that it, we're, we're in in football. I don't, I don't know that to be statistically true, though it's probable. But now every game we win moves us up a, a right. position, and that's going to be big for us position as well. If, if you can get the one seed, you've got a chance to play for a little while. Mm. And you do anything. You got a chance if you get in. Yeah. You know, you, you look every year and you'll see third and fourth place teams in the semifinals and stuff. So if you get in, you get hot, you got a chance. But yeah, people say it's watered down, but every year you see those, yeah. those four seeds beat those one seeds. I, there's as many two seeds that win state championships, especially in baseball, because when you start playing that series, that two out of three, it changes so mm -hmm. much. Uh, of what you're doing because you can't just throw your best best pitcher every time and pitchers kind of control the game uh, as we well know but you, you see more two and three seeds in the state championship than you'd ever think because when, when they started doing four which I, we all came up in the year they were doing two, two. we'll shoot before us they were doing one yeah you had there was 10 and 0 teams that or lost on nine zero and one that yeah. lost yeah. on penetrations yeah. and <laughs> don't get to go to the playoffs and that's tough. Eddie Trout still tells yeah. my father-in-law that he's the only undefeated team. <laughs> well, that's because they lost on penetrations and they were like ten zero and one or eleven zero and one in nineteen sixties. Yeah, and I think theirs was in the playoffs when they lost or when they lost on penetrations. Mm -hmm. So. You see more and more of these two and three and four seeds in the state championship or semifinals. Yeah. So as long as you're seeing that and you're not seeing them all get beat in the first round, I, you know, I think it's good for everybody. You know, who who is it hurting? It gives the communities some more games to go watch. It, it puts more games out. The only bad part about it is trying to get stadiums and trying to get gyms for that first round. Because everybody's either playing or they're hosting, so it's hard to get one. They ought to just say, first round, the higher seed gets to go home, or they can pick a, a stadium in their area uh, that if they can get it, you know. Because it's hard that first round to get stadiums, for sure, and gyms as well. But that's the only drawback I see on it personally. But, you know, as long as four seeds and three seeds are making it far, then you might as well keep doing it, you know. Yeah. So.
But I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys. All that y'all do for hooks and continue to do for hooks. And again, just go out and watch the girls tonight and come over and watch the boys. And, and hopefully we'll have a good night. We had a 3-0 and night for our, our sub-varsity last night, yeah. which is always big. We want to go 4-0 and in football and hopefully go 1-0 and in volleyball since they just have varsity tonight. Yeah, they just have varsity. So that's uh, volleyball at 4.30. It's senior night for the girls. Come on out. And then uh, 7 o'clock over at Hornet Stadium, take on Redwater. Thanks, Coach. We appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Again, he said 7 o'clock. Don't forget that. Yep, 7. All right, everybody. I think that's going to wrap it up for today's uh, podcast, our very first podcast. We look forward to many more of these, and, and hopefully uh, everyone looks forward to listening. Um, we, we're going to try to make it fun. We're going to have different guests. We're going to do different segments. Um, and we're, we're just going to have fun. And, and we, we never want to try to offend anyone. We're, we're never going to try to degrade people or, or make, you know, say something that's offensive. But we do want to make a disclaimer. If that happens... <laughs> Or if, you, or if you just get offended for no reason. Yeah, okay. if, you're, if you're easily offended by something and, and you get offended by something that we say on this podcast, please understand that we are not affiliated with Hooks ISD. Now, we're going to be use, using their employees to make us rich, <laughs> but, we're, but we're not affiliated with them. So if you got a complaint, do not complain to, to the school district. Please do not. Um, if, if you see us out and about and you, you think we, you, we, you need to confront us about it, we're, we're happy to oblige you. Or you can just not listen. So It's amazing how that works. You can just not listen. It's yeah. simple. You don't have to hey, listen. And, and this one, uh, I want to tell you, I never thought when we started talking about this, I never thought we would have over an hour long show. Um, but we had a lot of good stuff. Um, I think most shows probably will be 30 minutes long, you know, but... Uh, um, we had a great time talking to Tony, great time talking to, to Coach Burgle, um, and just having fun hanging out. But uh, So, so thanks. It's, it's almost lunchtime, so we're going to grab some lunch from uh, Katie and Joe's. Y'all come on down with us, and uh, thank you all.